Welcome to the Soulless Church Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Our passion as a church community is to see Jesus at the center of all things. For more sermon content and information, check out soullesschurch.com. Mark 4, thanks for having me uh, today. And uh, we are in the series, The Way, and this morning we're going to talk about the way Jesus taught. So I've been given the uh, assignment to teach on Jesus and how we taught. So thanks for that. And uh, it's not going to be as good as Jesus, obviously. So we'll just start there. Um, and we'll talk about the way Jesus taught. All right, Mark chapter 4, verse 1. And uh, we're going to start in verse 1. And then we're going to jump all around through Mark 4. Our goal is to cover, there's four parables in here. We're going to try to cover all four. Um, but we're going to kind of jump around uh, looking at this together. All right, Mark 4, verse 1. It says this, And again, he began to teach by the sea. And a great multitude was gathered to him so that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea. And the whole multitude was on the land facing the sea. Then he taught them many things by parables and said to them in his teaching, listen, exclamation point. And we'll pause right there. Um, This is really the goal for Jesus is to get us to listen. And I think in um, both their time and ours today, listening is perhaps one of the most difficult things we find ourselves attempting to do each day. Um, I find myself distracted constantly, um, whether it's from things that I'm carrying from work, whether it's from the phone in my hand, whether it's from whatever sporting event is happening to be on um, in this particular time, whether it's streaming both opening day of baseball and the Masters and all of the other things that are going on, um, and just finding myself tuning in to listen to one particular thing, especially that one particular thing being my wife. (laughs) And uh, her, are you listening? And you know there's a difference between hearing and listening, right? There'll be all the time she'll be like, are you listening to me? And I can repeat exactly back what she said to me. But she's like, okay, you can repeat it, but did you actually hear what I said? Yesterday we were at lunch and uh, we were sitting outside and we were in front of a, um, what was that place called? The math, math learning center, I don't know. But on the front of the building was like all of these math problems, but they were like elementary enough to where I could do it. Um, and so I was really excited. One of them was like, what's 99 plus 99 plus 99 question mark? And I spent probably, don't judge me, like probably three minutes trying to figure that out. I'm like, what is that? And she's talking to me and I'm like, literally just like this. And then I like said the answer. She's like, what are you talking about? Because I was facing the The problem, anyways, um, but listening, like, are you paying attention to me? Are you hearing me? Are you understanding what I'm saying? And so Jesus in his teaching, this is really what he's coming up against. He's, He's trying to get people's attention. And so here we see, even in the beginning, as he begins to teach, the first statement is, listen. And Jesus will employ a whole host of different ways in order to get people's attention as he Taught. And so we're going to kind of walk through that together this morning. The first thing I want to talk about with him as a teacher is this point number one Jesus taught. Now, the primary pre cross ministry of Jesus was teaching. Now, although the gospel of Mark, you don't see too much of his teaching, Mark chooses to focus mostly on Jesus' miracles and his serving, but his primary ministry was teaching. Over a hundred times in the gospels, Jesus is called teacher 
or rabbi. Jesus was a teacher. And Jesus had a teaching style. Um, To those sort of far from God, or what the Bible would refer to as sinners, um, he would usually meet with them, he would usually eat with them, and he would explain or show them the love of God. You see this throughout the Gospels where Jesus was in homes, around meals, talking about the things of God, and explaining to those that were far from God how to have relationship with God. And then those who had sort of religious heritage but confused hearts, he would preach, usually to a large audience. Jesus would gather the multitude and he would preach to them in a setting to get their attention and explain to them how you've been sort of listening to God or thinking about God in this way, and I want you to think about God in this way. He would say things like, you have heard that it was said blank, but I tell you a new thing. And Jesus would teach them. He would explain to them, and he had a style. And Jesus, he would teach in traditional and non-traditional ways. He taught in the synagogues and in the temple. And uh, he he would explain to them. He would open up the scroll the first time, opening up to the book of Isaiah and explaining how the prophecy in Isaiah is being fulfilled before their very eyes with his teaching. But he also taught in in, in non-traditional ways, whether it was on hillsides or in homes or in our uh, context, in a boat, a few feet off the shore, using sort of the shoreline as a natural amphitheater as he was uh, projecting over the water to the audience there, taking really church outside of the normal context to people and explaining to them the things of God in a new way. So Jesus taught. This is one of the primary ministries of Jesus. The second thing I want us to understand is that Jesus taught on the kingdom of God. The primary subject of Jesus' teaching was on the kingdom of God. 92 times in the Gospels, he talks about the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. You could divide this teaching on the kingdom of God um, into sort of three subjects. Number one, Jesus would talk about entrance into the kingdom. He he would call sinners to repent. He calls the self-righteous to inward transformation and humility. He calls the people on the fence to total surrender to him. Jesus would explain, this is entrance into the kingdom of God. Then Jesus would also speak about life in the kingdom. So, hey, this is how you enter into the kingdom, and this is what life looks like in the kingdom. He teaches on forgiveness or enemy love or being peacemakers, or storing up for yourselves treasures in heaven and not on earth, or or, or that the way to be great in his kingdom is by becoming the servant of all. And so Jesus in his teachings would explain to us, what does life look like in the kingdom? If you're going to be a follower of his, what is that actually going to look like? What are you going to do? What are you going to not do? Where are you going to go? How are you going to live? And then the third thing Jesus would talk about about the kingdom of God is who the king of that kingdom was. Jesus would teach about who he was and ultimately what he came to do. And so Jesus, he would teach, and he would teach on the kingdom of God. And the primary way that Jesus would teach about the kingdom of God is really what we see in here in Mark 4, is that Jesus would teach with parables. Jesus taught in parables. Look at in Mark 4, like I said, we're going to jump around. Jump down to uh, verse 33 of Mark 4. 
It says this, And with many such parables he spoke the word to them as they were able to hear it. But without a parable he did not speak to them. And when they were alone, he explained all things to his disciples. So Jesus, whenever he would teach to the multitude, he would teach in what we call parables. Now, parable, the word literally means to place beside. That's the word. Um, it means to place beside. And so Jesus would place an earthly story or, or an example beside a heavenly truth. So he wants them to begin to think about some sort of heavenly concept or some sort of aspect of the kingdom of God. And in order to do that, he would explain it through or illustrate it through what we call a parable. Now, verse 10 uh, tells us why Jesus teaches in parables. Look at verse 10. It says this, When he was alone, those uh, around him with the twelve asked him about the parables. And he said to them, to you it has been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. But to those who are outside, all things come in parables. So that, and then he quotes, seeing they may see and not perceive, and hearing they may hear and not understand, lest they should turn and their sins be forgiven them. So Jesus says that he's speaking in parables, and the reason is so that the people that will get it will get it, and the people that won't get it, won't get it. Now why? Why, Jesus, are you teaching in parables? Now the parables were designed to be more like riddles and puzzles rather than illustrations that help you understand. I'm going to say that again. Parables were designed to be more like riddles and puzzles rather than illustrations that help you understand. Now, oftentimes when I'm, even as I did this morning, when I'm opening up my sort of teaching, I'll give a little story. Sometimes it'll be something about my life or, or, or something that's going on recently. And it's designed to get our brain thinking in a direction. It's hopefully to get your attention a little bit to maybe think like, okay, I can listen to this guy for the next 30 minutes. It's kind of the goal. You're like, can I am I really going to be able to do this for 30 minutes? This guy, really? Anyways, um, it, some sort of story, hopefully to shed light a little bit on what we're going to talk about. To illustrate, okay, here's a principle, here's an idea, here's a thing in the Bible, and then here's an illustration that makes it a little bit more clear, maybe from our context or our perspective. That's not necessarily the goal of the parable. Jesus' goal was not to impress or even inspire through his teaching. His teaching was designed to provoke their imagination and to invite them to, to dig deeper and discover life with God for themselves. Let's say that again. Jesus' goal was not to impress or inspire through his teaching. His teaching was designed to provoke their imagination and to invite them to dig deeper and to discover life with God for themselves. The, it's been said that the parables serve as doorways into the things of the kingdom of God. And every person has an opportunity to walk through that doorway. If they were uninterested, they stayed on the outside. But if they were interested, they could walk through the doorway into the truth that the parable illustrated. These principles, if you will, 
could be understood easily with those that had the right key. So imagine, these parables, they serve as doorways. Jesus is going to explain, he's going to tell a story. And for many, he's not going to give them what he's talking about in the story. For most of the people, all they're going to hear about is agriculture. All they're going to hear about is lights and baskets. All they're going to hear about is fishing or about some servant from a far country or whatever it was. That's what they were going to hear. And then the people that hear this story had the opportunity to stand at a doorway and to think about and to ponder what it was that Jesus was talking about and then walk through that doorway into the things that Jesus was truly talking about. Or they could stand at the doorway, think that was a weird story or that was interesting, and they could walk away. But Jesus' teaching was designed to provoke the imagination and to cause them to dig deeper to discover life in God for themselves. Now, Jesus in Mark 4 teaches four parables. What we're going to do is I'm going to give us a key for each story, and then we're going to walk through the doorway. So I'm going to give us a statement that's going to serve as a key for the parable. Then we're going to read the parable and hopefully understand to an extent what Jesus is saying. All right, first key this morning is this. The sower sows the word. The sower sows the word. The word. All right, verse 3, where we left off, Jesus says, Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow, and it happened as he sowed that some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds of the air came and devoured it. Some fell on stony ground where it did not have much earth, and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched because it had no root, and it withered away. Some seed fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no crop. But other seed fell on good ground and yielded a crop that sprang up, increased, and produced some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some a hundred. And he said to them, He who has ears to hear, let them hear. So the key we have is that the sower sows the word. Now, this is an easy one to explain. And the reason for that is because Jesus explains it in just a few verses. Jesus, the disciples say, uh, we're confused. (laughs) What were you talking about? Are you just telling us how to be better farmers? Is that the story? Are you telling us like, hey, um, when you're sowing, just just be careful with your seed. Like you don't just want it falling out everywhere. Make sure it lands in the right soil. Like, is that the point of your story, Jesus? What are you talking about? And so they ask the question. They get alone, and they're like, yep, we're all confused. We explain it. And so then Jesus explains it to us. And he tells us, the sower sows the word. And sometimes the word of God falls on good soil or good hearts. And sometimes the word of God falls upon uh, hearts that aren't ready Sometimes the word of God falls on hearts that think it's ready, but it has no depth and the difficulties of life or the cares of this world come in and choke it out and it never produces what God wants to produce in their life. And Jesus explains to us what the story means. But if we don't have the key or if we don't dig a little deeper, this story seems like it's a story about farming and about being more careful with where you plant your seeds. But if you understand Like Jesus explains that the sower sows the word, then you can understand what Jesus is talking about. 
And the word of God, whenever it goes out, falls on different people and they respond in different ways. And this story, it illustrates both the truth of that for non-believers or people that have not placed faith in Jesus and for those that have. When people that don't know God hear the word of God and the ways of God, they respond to it in all sorts of different ways. Right? How are we going to respond to the gospel? Right? Next week, very clearly, through Good Friday and the Easter services together, we're going to hear, probably as clear as we ever hear, the gospel message. Who Jesus was, what he came to do, how he died, how he rose again. And when people hear that, they have an opportunity to respond in some way. Man, that, 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 that's amazing. I want to hear more. Or I'm not interested in that. Uh, this story again. Or however it is however we respond to it. But the same is true for us whenever we hear the word of God. How do we respond when we hear the word of God? Each time we open up God's word or we hear a message, what kind of soil does it fall on in us? We can be people that at one point heard the word with faith and allowed it to take root and then allow our hearts become hardened to the word of God the more we hear it. Maybe that's happening even this morning with a parable like this. Like, man, I've heard this parable a dozen times. How many times are we going to hear the same explanation of the same story over and over? And maybe even a story that at one point fell on good soil in your heart, even today is falling on maybe a little harder soil this morning. And so Jesus is expressing or really inviting us into to allow the word of God every time we hear it, no matter what our circumstances or our situation or what we're walking through, to allow the word of God to fall on good soil this morning. But the sower sows the word. All right, the second thing, the second key, and we're going to look at another story, is this. If you desire to hear and understand, you will. If you desire to hear and understand, you will. Look at verse 21. We're skipping the section where Jesus explains it, um, or the the first story. We're going to move to the second one. It says this, And he also said to them, now remember the scene again. Jesus is in a boat. He's a few feet off of the shore. There's a big crowd of people on the shore, and he, he is telling these stories. Now, we, it's interrupted in Mark's Gospels because we go from Jesus on the boat telling the story to a little behind-the-scenes cut of after where the disciples are like, what are you talking about? But for the people in, in, in the audience, they're just hearing Jesus rattle off these stories with no real explanation. So Jesus, he continues. He tells that first story. He tells another one. He says, is a lamp brought to be put under a basket or under a bed? Is it not to be set on a lampstand? For there is nothing hidden which will not be revealed, nor has anything been kept secret, but that it should come to light. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. Then he said to them, take heed what you hear. With the same measure you use, it will be measured to you. And to you who hear, more will be given. That's key. And to you who hear, more will be given. For whoever has, to him more will be given, but whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away. Now, Jesus' goal through these parables is not that he wouldn't be understood. Jesus is not like, ooh, I'm going to get him this time. right? He's like, I've got this little puzzle 
I've got this riddle and they're never going to figure it out. Oh, they might have cracked the last one, but not this one. That's not Jesus' goal. He's not giving cryptic messages. He wants things to be understood, but he wants people to seek and find. He wants people to come and with a heart that's soft, a posture that's ready to learn, a posture that wants to understand who is this Jesus? Not what is everybody saying about him? Not what are we just coming up with in our own mind? Who is this Jesus? And he wants people to seek and find for themselves. And so Jesus tells a story. And the point of this story is to say that if you desire to understand you will understand. If you seek, you will find. Jesus says, to you who hear, more will be given. For whoever has, to him more will be given. But whoever does not have, Jesus says, even what he has will be taken away from him. This is a mystery. Jesus is giving a mystery. But a biblical mystery is not something that can't be found out. When the Bible talks about mysteries, and it does throughout the Gospels, even into the New Testament, especially through the writing of Paul, um, the idea of mystery is not something that can't be found out. It's something that can only be found out through God revealing it and us seeking it out. Right? A biblical mystery is not something that's imp it's not impossible to solve. But it's something that can only be revealed or understood if God reveals it and if we seek it out. The people that will seek it will understand it and experience the truth found in it. Those who won't, don't. <laughs> right? Those who are unwilling to say, okay, Jesus, what are you talking about? What is he saying? The people that walk away from this confused, unwilling to dive in, unwilling to dig a little deeper, will not experience the truth that Jesus is revealing to them. And so the second one, he's talking about lights and baskets. And what is he explaining to us? He's saying that it is available, the truth of the kingdom, the invitation that he is giving to each and every person is available to anybody that's willing to walk through that doorway. He says, to you that have, more will be given. But to those that this Jesus guy, he's so confusing. He's so weird. He wants me, what does he even want from me? I don't understand it. I'm not sure. I'm not interested. To those that don't have or those that aren't willing to walk through that doorway, they will remain outside the doorway confused about what he's talking about, confused about what is life in the kingdom of God, what is the way of Jesus, what is the way of God. But if you desire to hear and understand, you will. All right, the third key. Are you guys still with me? Is this making sense? A little bit? All right. Number three, the word works invisible in us. So this is a key as we go to a third parable of Jesus. Remember, set the scene again. Standing in the boat, people are listening. He's just rattling off these stories. And afterwards, the disciples get a little insight into them. For most of them, they just hear these stories and they have an opportunity to think about them. And, and you know when you hear a good story or you hear something, you, you tend to dwell on it. Like, what is that? Well, that was so interesting. That was fascinating. That's the goal of Jesus. Because they were used to a culture and a context where they would show up to the synagogue and the rabbi would talk and ramble and, and sound super smart and they would walk away lost, confused, and probably uninterested. 
And one of the things that's said about Jesus over and over and over again is that he doesn't teach like the other people. He teaches with like somebody that has authority, that's somebody that knows what he's talking about, and he engaged with the people. And so here they are listening to him, and Jesus is explaining to them, getting it into their mind, getting it into their heart. So the third thing, the word works invisible in us. Verse 26, and he said, another story, the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground and should sleep by night and rise by day. And the seed should sprout and grow, and he himself does not know how. For the earth yields crop by itself, first the blade, then the head, after that the full grain in the head. But when the grain ripens, immediately he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. So interesting, right? Jesus, all right, here you go. It's a little tweet. And then he moves on. Now this one radically shows the truth of all the parables. Jesus, through this parable, gives us an insight, really, to the point of the parables. The Word of God doesn't always make sense when we hear it or read it. Anybody been there? Right? You're like going through a Bible reading plan, and you're like, what? What? No. This doesn't make any sense. And some of the stories, I'm doing like a through the Bible in a year plan, and You start the year off just like super exciting with the Old Testament and you're like, by month two, you're like in Leviticus and you're like, oh my gosh. And some stories in there, you're like, we could have have done without this one. You know what I mean? There's like a few stories you're like, I'm good. I'm good. Really, we could have just like, even the Bible reading plan could just like, and just skip the few chapters and we'll pick up, have a nice couple days off. We'll see you in a few days, right? Um, some story, you're just like, what is happening? What is going on? Well, I don't understand. I'm confused. Because the Word of God oftentimes doesn't always make sense when we hear it or read it. But can I say something? And maybe, uh, Andrew, forgive me. But the goal at times is not to fully understand the Word of God, but get it in us. Sometimes the goal as we are in God's Word is we, we should seek to understand, and we should be uh, students of Scripture, if you will, but the goal at times is not to fully wrap our minds around every single thing that we read, but to, in humility and in trust and obedience to God, just submit ourselves under the Word of God. To say, okay, God, I don't get it entirely. I'm not sure what you're trying to say to me today. I don't understand how this applies to me parenting in 2022 or going to school or or embarking on my first year of marriage or my 30th year of marriage or whatever it is. I don't understand how this applies to me. But I am submitting myself to the word of God, to the authority of the word of God. And oftentimes God's word works like a seed planted in us. That it gets planted And then we go to bed and we wake up and we go to bed and we wake up. And over time we realize, wow, God's word is bearing fruit in my life. Because spiritual maturity happens as we allow God to work in our hearts and lives. So often when we're walking with God, it's not until we look back on our lives do we see all that God's done in us. The best illustration of this is going to the gym, right? I wish I could go to the gym one time, do a set of crunches, and be just absolutely ready to go to the beach. You know, like, that was it. I did it once. I'm good. 
And so often when we view the Word of God or the things of God, we think, one time, I read it once, I should be good. But what Jesus is saying is that the Word of God is like a seed that's planted. And just over time, with consistency, in the right environment, in the right circumstances, does God supply increase that really doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Jesus says the kingdom of God is like that. It's like a seed that's planted. And the farmer goes to bed, and he wakes up, and he goes to bed, and he wakes up, and then harvest comes, and he experiences, he, he gets to reap the benefit of the fruit. The kingdom of God, the word works invisible in us. All right, number four, the last one, the key is this. The kingdom of God is here. The kingdom of God is here. The last story Jesus says in verse 30, he said, To what shall we liken the kingdom of God? Or with what parable shall we picture it? (laughs) It's like a mustard seed, which, when it's sown on the ground, is smaller than all the seeds on earth. But when it's sown, it grows up and becomes greater than all the herbs and shoots out large branches so that the birds of the air may nest under its shade. The kingdom of God is here. Jesus' primary teaching was on the kingdom of God. And one of the things he wanted people to understand is that the kingdom of God is here now. The reason that this was difficult for many to understand was because they had an expectation of what the kingdom of God coming was going to look like. They had an expectation for political change. They had an expectation for an obvious Jewish king. They had expectation for freedom from the Roman oppression. They had expectation. The kingdom of God is going to come because the entirety of the Old Testament is speaking of a day of the kingdom of God coming. And they had this idea of what it was going to look like. Here it is. The kingdom of God. The the king is here. The kingdom is here. Like it's changing politically and and socially and all of this stuff. This is what it's going to look like. And then Jesus shows up and he says, the kingdom of God is here now. And people are like, no, it's not. We know what it's going to look like. It's going to be obvious. The kingdom of God is going to come and we're going to see it. And Jesus says, okay, what what can I explain the kingdom of God like? Well, it's like a mustard seed and it goes in the ground and it's, it's small and insignificant. But it goes in the ground, and then it grows. And it produces a large tree, and over time, that tree has branches that birds come and find shade in. Jesus came rather insignificantly from a nothing town as the son of a carpenter with a simple message and a few followers. But the kingdom of God, like a seed gets planted, and what seems small will grow and change the world forever. Jesus says, what can I explain the kingdom of God like? Well, it's like a seed, and it's planted, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to disappear, <laughs> and there it is in the ground, and over time it's going gonna, it's gonna to grow, and it's going to produce great things. And we have been invited into the kingdom of God to participate in the same way. Jesus says the kingdom of God is here now, and it's doing something. It's producing something. 
So Jesus would give these parables all about the kingdom of God, all as an invitation for the people. And the way Jesus taught was designed to invite people into listening and thinking and allowing God to reveal himself to us in the way he wants to speak. I'm going to close worship team. You guys can make your way up here. Jesus was teaching us and is teaching them and he's teaching us to listen. <laughs> teaching us to listen. And I think probably even more so today than the culture he uh, was speaking into, we have a hard time listening. Right? We're distracted. We're busy. Many, all of us are busy. You notice this? We like have conversations with people. How are you? I'm busy. We're all busy. Life is, life is always happening. Life is crazy. And slowing down and listening. And listening, again, is, is, is one of the biggest challenges we face. And the parables, the teaching of Jesus is designed to get our attention and get us to think about his word. And maybe there are things that even now God wants to get your attention with. Or he wants you to think about something in a new way. Can I encourage you this morning to allow God's word like a seed to get planted in your heart? Think about it. Listen to what God wants to say to you. And allow God's word to speak to you with what he wants to say to you. Have you ever come to church where you're like, I need a specific word about this? Right? You're like, okay, it's, it's about my marriage, it's about my future, it's about my family, it's about my job, it's about my purpose, it's whatever it is. We come in, God, I need this. Speak to me about this. And then the guy gets up there and talks for an hour about parables and says they're confusing. And you're like, what? That's not what I needed. That's not, that's not, that's not going to help me walk in. And maybe this morning God's just saying, let me speak to you. <laughs> Let God's word get in your heart and allow him to speak to you. And not just today, but every day. Let God speak to you with what he thinks you need to hear. Because God invites us in. Jesus invites us into relationship with him. Relationship to listen to him and obey him and trust in him with whatever he's doing, whenever he's doing it. And so for many of us, we need to just maybe go back to the simple idea of God's word like a seed planted in our heart and allow God to speak to us. And if we would, like Jesus said, listen to anyone who has an ear, let them hear. In other words, when he's saying that is, is pay attention. Don't just, don't just let it bounce off, not in one ear, out the other. Don't let it settle in the surface, but actually listen to what God wants to say to you. And maybe in the busy of life, in the craziness of life, we just need to be reminded, especially as we move through Passion Week this week into the crucifixion and the resurrection, to allow God to just speak to you. To just tune your ear to hear Him. And I think for many of us, tuning our ear to hear God takes practice. <laughs> it takes time. It takes figuring it out. Like, like adjusting. I, I just got um, a new car. And by new car, it's a 2001 Sequoia. So it's not new. It's got a, a cassette player, and my grandma's been giving me all sorts of cassettes. So I've got this whole like bin of cassettes now in my car. I could get one of those like aux cassette converters, but I'm like, this is awesome and hilarious. I'm like literally listening to the Titanic soundtrack in my car. Um, but I also have the radio, and I, I will sort of thumb through the radio. 
and I'll hit the button and it seeks, right? It like flies through and it lands on some random station. And sometimes, sometimes the random station, uh, there's this one particular station that I like that plays um, sort of like Spanish style, I don't know, Latin music, I guess. And it's interesting, but it's not always there. I think it must be like really low powered. It's only on certain streets, certain times of the day. So I'll go to the station and it's not there sometimes. So I have to thumb through, but certain times of the day, when everything's right, maybe the wind's blowing in the right direction, I don't know, you'll land through and there it is, that station, it's really nice. And sometimes God's voice is kind of like that, where we have, to, we have to tune our ear. We have to, okay, God, what are you trying to say to me? What, what, what do you need, what, what do you want to say to me through your word? Right now in this season of life, Jesus, what, what do I need to hear from you? And if we would listen, if we would tune our ear to him, we could hear him in a fresh way, in a clear way today. So be encouraged. Be encouraged. God wants to speak to you. But it's an invitation as he's saying, okay, here I am. Come listen to me. Come follow me. Come obey me. Come trust in me as I reveal myself to you. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your love for us. We thank you that you do speak. And Lord, we want to respond to the invitation. If anyone has an ear, let them hear. Lord, we want to hear what you want to say to us in our life today. And God, if we did come here this morning with, with hopes or an expectation, God, would you speak or give clarity on this? God, would you, like a seed planted in us, God, would you reveal yourself to us? Maybe there is clarity this morning. Maybe there is something, even now we're sensing confirmation or, or at least the ability to slow down and trust in your timing. So God, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your love. We thank you that we get to walk with you. We love you. It's in Jesus' name.